0: Well, welcome everyone to the Westview Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Semenik, and I am joined by Pastor Cheryl Johnson and Pastor Charlie Salamone. How you doing, friends? Doing great. Right on. Thanks for joining us. So, quick question as we get started here. What is something that you could tell us about yourselves that maybe most of our listeners don't know?
1: You go first.
2: I always have something in my back pocket, a fact, ready to go. That's all I want you to know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I uh, My favorite, like, funny story about my life is that I prefer eating food with chopsticks to forks. And one time I was telling a person that I was hanging out with at a camp for a week that I liked th- to eat chopsticks. And he pulled out a pair of chopsticks and he was like, can you eat every meal this week at this camp with chopsticks? I'll give you $5 if you can. And I did. So I ate, like, a banana banana pizza, which hurt my hand. It's heavy. Um, (laughs) Sloppy Joe's, like, breakfast burritos, all kinds of weird stuff that you don't usually need to eat with chopsticks, but I did it. I got $5.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So what was the hardest thing that you've ever eaten with chopsticks?
2: Um... Sloppy Joe's is like weird. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just like ground beef and like, it's hard to pick up. But. Did,
0: did, did you always do it with one hand though? Or at one point did you have to use the chopsticks, but in an unorthodox way We were kind of like two hands? I mean, kinda... when
2: I was eating pizza with chopsticks, I was like, can I just pick this up with my hands? Cause that's how we mm. eat pizza. And he was like, no.
0: Did you ever use the chopsticks as a skewer? Like did you? No, that's okay. rude. That's not that's something rude.
2: you do with chopsticks.
0: Okay. Is that culturally insensitive too? Mm-hmm. Is that like, you don't do that? At least in okay. Japan it is. Okay, so you ate it's all that food, food and you ate it the right way. Yeah. That's awesome. I agree with you, by the way. Eating with chopsticks is a lot more comfortable.
2: Yeah. I do it every day at church when I eat.
0: It's awesome. I can, I can vouch for that too or I can, yeah, corroborate that story. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I see you eating your lunches like salads and stuff with chopsticks all yeah. the time. Cool. Very cool. What about you, Charlie?
1: Can't think of anything,
0: <laughs> what's your favorite utensil?
1: My favorite utensil yeah, we're just gonna stay on this topic
2: <laughs> culinary yeah
1: that's I don't know i I guess I hadn't thought about it uh does my KitchenAid mixer count as a utensil?
0: I don't. I don't know
2: that's if you can. It's an appliance, g- isn't
0: it? Yeah, I think that's an appliance. Okay, so let something me l- let with. me phrase this question differently. If you could only eat with one utensil for the rest of your life, what would you choose? And don't say like a spork or something, because that's not <laughs> fair.
1: I'd probably just go with a fork. <laughs> <I don't know.
0: laughs> it's gonna take you a long time to eat soup, sir. A very long just time. Just
1: pick up the bowl.
2: Yep. <laughs> Good plan.
0: Good. Okay. Well, on that note, we are going to jump into our topic for today. Uh, today, we're talking about abiding or remaining in Christ. In John 154 to 6, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So in this in this passage, uh, I believe in basically the whole chapter of John 15, Jesus uses the word remain 11 times. Some other translations will use the word abide. Uh, some synonyms to that could be stay or continue or endure, and when you think about it, it's it's an interesting verb because it's active, but it's also passive. Uh, it's 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 actively being being in a state of not leaving. Mm-hmm. So it's first. What I'd like to do is actually establish what that state is. If we're going to remain in Christ, what does it mean to be in Christ in the first place?
2: I went first last time. there we are.
1: (laughs) Okay, fine. Uh, Well, to abide in Jesus is to believe in him, is to trust him, is to trust that he has accomplished uh, what we have not and could not. It is to believe that all righteousness has been fulfilled it is to believe that uh um that in him we have salvation so it is fitting what you said that what do you, how did you word abiding is both active and passive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's active in the sense that we believe in him and it's passive in the sense that we don't try to add to that right so we believe that it's done and, and we rest in that.
0: Any thoughts on that, Cheryl?
2: Yeah, I think it's just like, not just, it is ordering your life to be around Jesus. Like you've decided to follow him, you've accepted the sacrifice that he's made for you, and now he is the Lord of your life and you're following him. Yeah. And so He's he's making footprints and you're stepping in those. And you're staying where he stays, and you're going where he goes.
0: Yeah, and it's it's very much that staying in relationship, right, and that that trust relationship, that that loyalty, that um, yeah, th- and and staying there and not choosing to go elsewhere to find the things that Christ promise us promises yeah. us, right? Yeah. So, is this a set state? Is it an unchanging state for all Christians who are united with Christ? Um, or is it a chosen posture that we can fall in or out of throughout our life?
1: Well, uh, there's a lot of terms, I suppose, that you'd have to really define with some nuance. Let's do it. The first thing you asked, if, is this a, a state for Christians to be in? Like, Say that again. Is this like an unchanging state that just
0: all Christians are in, this being rooted in the vine, remaining in Christ? Or is it something that Christians, is it a posture that we can fall in and out of depending on where we're at in life?
1: Yeah. uh, I think being careful just how you define these terms because Mm -hmm. if you remember what Jesus said... Whoever doesn't abide is cut off and uh, thrown into the fire. So, you know, when you ask that question, it's really easy for your mind to go to a place of the uh, question, can Christians lose their salvation? I don't know if we're going down that road or if you're more asking um, in the sense of can Christians, um, can Christians fall in and out of, uh, the attitude that, that, uh, is that passive active resting in him, believing in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer that, uh, the first way can, uh, real Christian lose their salvation and be cut off um, I don't think so but I would also say that uh, there is a way that um, you can be kind of following but not really following and in that state you can be cut off or to say it another way um If you are really united with Jesus in the right way through, you know, through heart repentance to life, then you will never be cut off. But if your union with Jesus is not a a real one, then yeah, that will happen. Uh, One way that I sometimes say it is you can't lose your salvation if you really have it but you can fall away from jesus if you're not really united to him and the reason why i want to word it that way is because people who fall away based on what i read in the bible they did have a real experience it wasn't that they were just pretending um there was something the parable of the sower which i think explains this the best speaks about how different seeds came up and some bore fruit that lasted and some didn't and you know it all what what depended on whether you bore fruit that last or, or you didn't was basically how it started if you started in the right way then you're going to endure but if you didn't start in the right way then you're going to fall away and it's a matter of time um, and also, uh, the ones that ultimately fell away, its when Jesus explained the parable, he said these are people who received the word at first with joy. So there was a real experience there. Um, but at the same time, um, the, the, the seeds that sprouted and endured and persevered versus the ones that didn't, uh, the difference, it's not that they both started in the same way and then some kept going with Jesus and others lost their salvation. You know, a major lesson, I would say the main lesson of the whole parable is the fact that uh, the ones that fall away, it's because they never started in the right way. So all that to say, if you really have salvation, as in you've really understood what it means to look to him as your righteousness and your life then no you can never lose your salvation but the second part and i realize this is a rather long answer and that's why we do these podcasts (laughs) because the q a we get during church i can't give answers this long um but the other the other part of the question is can can a Christian, like, fail to abide? Can they fall in and out of that? And it's like, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And that's, I think, why our minds need to be renewed in the truth. That's why there's all these scriptures about, you know, um, you know, put on the the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. It means, like, walk in these truths. Remind yourself of these truths. Um, there's, That's why we... That's why we do so many things that we do is to remind ourselves of the truth and be strengthened in that active, passive abiding that Jesus has paid it all. My sins are forgiven. Oh, like he's he's going to win the race and I can rest again. I can be reminded. I can, again, rejoice because we forget that. And we we can, when we forget that, I think, you know, one of two things happens. We begin to rely on ourselves and we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're um something we can do on our own and that's why jesus said in the same passage we're talking about apart from me you can do nothing like don't forget that Mm -hmm. you know don't think that you can do anything apart from me but then the other thing that can happen is uh we can become really aware of our deficiencies and we can become you know depressed or discouraged i'm never going to I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to accomplish anything. My life's going to be a waste. I'm going to be rejected by God. Who knows where those thoughts can go. But once more, the the answer is the same of abiding means agreeing with him that he's sufficient to save and that he wants to save and that he promises salvation to those who trust that he has accomplished all aspects of salvation for us.
0: Right on. Would it be fair to say that there is a reality where there are those who are in the vine, who are believing in Christ, and then there are those who are not. Those those are the ones who maybe have tasted some of this truth, but they're not fully trusting in Christ. They're not um, they're not saved. Those are the ones who are thrown to the fire. But there's this other reality for the Christian. The one who is rooted in the vine, where they're struggling to take hold of that reality, where they're drifting in their rootedness in Christ. Um, maybe it would be helpful if I just go towards a, a, a thought that I was having about how the Apostle Paul he often gives uh, indicative statements and imperative statements. So there's uh, so Galatians five one says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So indicative, like we're we've been set free. That's that's what it is, and then imperative. He says, "Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery." Um, can we then acknowledge this reality about what Christ has done, but also need to further embrace that and further embody that reality? Um, could could that be a fair distinction, or am I misrepresenting what what you're saying?
1: So the question you're asking is, if we do believe, and we do agree with him and have that faith yeah. is there still things that we should do in addition to that
0: well in in a sense where you can say this person did not abide in Christ period so they're not saved they're not in the vine there's they're not producing any fruit but then there's the reality for the Christian that they are abiding in Christ but they find themselves wandering from the truth so their their status as a child of God has not changed but they need to and all of us need to do this need to more fully embrace and be more deeply rooted in Christ how do we how do we express that that reality that that the Christian does continually need to come back
1: I think that's really just the Christian life, isn't it? You know, where we have this truth of Jesus and uh, we're reminded of it. And uh, we wake up in the morning and at some point you become aware of this distance between you and Jesus in performance you know and (laughs) like uh like I guess what I'm trying to say is like this constant uh regular um once more the that reminding of the truth is just a regular thing that we all have to do I'm not sure if I'm answering your question
0: no, I think so. I think it's
1: it's a description of what remaining can look like, on the
0: day to day. What what are your thoughts, Cheryl?
2: Yeah, I think it, like I talk to myself a lot, and not in like a like a you know weird way. Well, maybe <laughs> in a weird way. I don't know. I talk to myself, and no one's around. So, um, but I I say things like you know I you know I I said this quote on Sunday like, um, in Christ, there's nothing I can do that would make you love me more, nothing I have done that can make you love me less, and it's the thought of like, just praying that to God and saying like Jesus has accomplished love for me and he has accomplished approval for me and I don't have to do like anything to have that approval if I have accepted him as my savior um, but there are things that if I don't do them day to day I lose sight of of Jesus in my in my life and like you said I start to or maybe Charlie said this uh, I start to rely on myself I start to be like well I'm good at this I don't need God to step in you know and and try to make things happen on my own on my own strength and you know on my own so-called wisdom but um when I am really honest and have a moment to like sit and just like reflect I can see the distance I have from from God and I can see that like um, we talk about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five, you know, I can see that I'm not, um, exhibiting those in, in authentic ways. Um, sometimes when I'm like doing terrible at my, uh, daily, like connecting with God, I get really critical and then I can, and then I'm like, whoa, I'm being like super critical for no reason right now. And I need to like chill. And like, that's an indicator for me that I need to step back into that space of like, I need to remain in Christ and abide in him and have his thoughts be my thoughts, And you can't, you can't know what his thoughts are if you don't spend time with him. Mm,
0: That's good. That's good. It says in uh, Colossians 2, 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So this idea of growing more deeply in Christ to remain in him, uh, I want us to kind of unpack a little bit about, sort of unpack a little bit what that can look like day to day. And I know it can look, different for different people um but you were sharing some of those practices um this past sunday in your sermon cheryl so how should somebody start to think about some of those call them spiritual rhythms call them a rule of life or practicing the presence spiritual disciplines whatever you want to call them how how should somebody start
2: i don't think that there's like a formula so i'm not gonna don't take this as a formula No, we don't have a formula. Well, too bad. There's no formula. (laughs) Um, I think it's it's really a matter of like spending a good amount of time in silence and stillness where you're not distracted and you're not like, um, you know, you don't have your phone connected with you or whatever so that uh, you can actually just like pray because I think the spirit's going to tell you where you need to start with that. And um, there's like a lot of things that you can do in your life that, um, will, or that our practices, it can help you connect with God. And there's not enough time in the day to get them all done, but, um, it it can be starting small. Um, I came across a quote, I'm going to read it, um, from someone named brother Lawrence, who was a monk and a dishwasher. Um, and he he like had to wash dishes for all these monks in this monastery all the time. And he didn't have time to do all these like really intense, like he did some of the like rule of life that the monks were doing, but then he had to wash dishes in between. And so he said that he, he started to be able to practice the presence of God where he was just turning his mind to realizing that God is, here with him and uh, he says the time and business the time of business does not differ with me from the time of prayer and in the noise and clatter of my kitchen while several persons are at the same time calling for different things I possess God and his great tranquility as if I were on my knees before the blessed sacrament so he's like washing dishes which is like a normal day thing but he's realizing that God's with him and he's able to be in prayer with God while he's washing dishes and so I would say like start with prayer Start with, like, setting a, uh, a timer on your watch. I used to do this in university. Every 40 minutes, my watch timer would go off, which was really annoying in classes. But it was just, like, um, a, a time for me to be, like, hey, like, God's here. And so if I was in class, I would just, like, quietly be, like, hey, Jesus, you're, you know, you're hanging out with me right now in whatever class I'm in. If I was with some friends, I went to a Christian university, so this is a little easier. But um, if I was with some friends, I would say, like, guys, Jesus is here. We would call it a Jesus party. Like we'd just be like, hey, and then we'd go on with whatever we were doing. But it was every 40 minutes, every day for just like, you know, I don't, I forget how long I did it, but it was just a helpful practice to remind myself that like God's here and to interrupt my day in order to be able to turn my heart to him.
0: Yeah, that's good.
2: I mean, there's a whole lot of other practices I could go into, but I don't know if we want to do that. Do we?
0: (laughs) We could, if you think it would be helpful. I think, uh, yeah, no, go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, why don't we do this? Like, let's let's all just kind of share maybe some of the rhythms that we have. I like that. Like, instead of just, you could do this, you could do this, but, <laughs> you know, do you want to share something, Charlie?
1: Uh, well, one thing, this is uh, um, something that I've been doing lately. I've always struggled with... Uh, The concept of like family devotional time. So, you know, uh, it's like the idea is like, you know, your family will, you know, read the word together or worship together. And I have five children and none of them are um, what you might call orderly (laughs) (laughs) or... Go with the flow type. Um, they get that from their mom. <laughs> they get that from their rebellious mom. <laughs>
2: I call false. You think
1: that's false? Yeah. <laughs> that's false. Um, but... So anytime we've, like, tried to do some sort of, like, organized thing, it often, like, <laughs> doesn't go well. Um, but... I read an article that was just talking about how, like, sometimes, like, when when we're doing, like, the bare essentials that we need to bring to our family is the word of God and prayer. Hmm. Like, yeah, it'd be great if my kids would sit, you know, still and we could have some sort of organized Bible study discussion and sometimes it does come to that. Uh, but what I've been doing recently just for the sake of consistency is, you know, when I'm like tucking the kids in, smaller ones that is, I don't tuck the teenagers <laughs> in anymore. <laughs> um, but when I tuck the, the, the little ones in, you know, we just pick a a verse to read and it's usually just literally one verse. Sometimes it's a few. And then we might talk about it, but sometimes we don't. And then, you know, I'll pray. Hmm. And it's not that much. It's not that impressive. No one would say that it's like a really long, impressive family devotional time. But it's the Word of God, and we're praying, and God's Word doesn't come back empty and the reason why it's been encouragement for me it's also it's like finally like there's an element of like consistency with yeah. with with uh me and my children talking about God's word and uh um if if anyone is like struggled to have like family devotions that's something i would just encourage just those are the bare essentials mm. Mm. read a passage and pray and uh and that was a great relief so that's just there's a million um ways that you can apply those like spiritual disciplines or routines you know something else i could talk about is how i try be honest I, i don't always do a great job at this but i try to have like time with the bible before getting into work or checking facebook or all that because once i start going down that road or reading the news like my mind just starts going all over the place and i'm i then i don't want to slow down and do like bible thoughts so it's like i really try to do my time in the bible before i do everything else i mean obviously i'm a pastor so i'm studying the bible much of the day in other ways but it's not the same Mm. when i read the bible in the morning where it's just kind of like disconnected from like all my responsibilities just Mm. i try to do that but in addition to those like habits which which are good and important don't get me wrong but you can have the habits sadly without the relationship yeah and what's more important is is kind of what Cheryl was talking about just that having Jesus throughout your day not just your during your routines but you know throughout your day there's this verse in um, First Thessalonians, I believe, pray without ceasing. And it's like, how do you do that? And I read this story of like uh, this pastor, um, I think it was Charles Spurgeon, you know, a guy from the uh, 19th century. But he was talking with some other pastor or theologian about this verse and what it means. And, you know, the, there's a cleaning lady that came in and like... He asked her, like, hey, what do you think this means? And she just said, Well, when I'm just kind of washing the dishes, you know, like Brother Lawrence, when I'm washing the dishes, you know, I'll be talking to the Lord and you know, folding laundry, just kind of mm. talk with God where you're you're walking with him in that sense where he's in, in your in your heart and in in communion and relationship. Mm. And that is that is infinitely more important than any sort of discipline that you put into your life. And I'm just going to admit, just so no one has any false, you know, conceptions of me. I'm not a terribly disciplined person. I could be much more disciplined. Probably on like the discipline scale, I'm going to be on the lower end, you know. Uh, and I, I want to be more disciplined. It's a good thing, you know. Yep. Um, don't get me wrong. It's it's a good thing and I strive to be more and my my life would be benefited more if I was more disciplined. But there is something that's magnitude's more important and that's walking with him, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who said this, but I've heard it said that um of prayer that it is um, choosing to to be present, taking time to be present to the one who is always present to us, and there's if we can do that even in small ways throughout our day, as you were talking about, Cheryl, that can be so helpful to just be aware that God is with us. And I think sometimes in our times of prayer or in spiritual disciplines where when we're reading our Bible, sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have a type of experience or to Mm -hmm. not that experience is bad. I mean, you've said it before, Charlie, that that God is to be experienced and that's a very good thing. But I think that if we come to our times of prayer or to whatever, like insert whatever spiritual discipline you want to put in, even like the family uh, devotion time. Uh, if we come to it with this big expectation that it always has to be this big euphoric experience, I think we're setting ourselves up for uh, just disappointment and really the wrong perspective. Because, you know, I think of, think of like my marriage relationship and if Lucy and I are saying, hey, we want to connect more, we want to um, just be closer, maybe we can say, okay, we'll have a date night. That doesn't mean that every single time we're on a date. It's just going to be amazing. The conversation's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. But we have to keep doing that in order to get to those moments. Yeah. And each one, even the boring conversations, are an expression of a much deeper loving relationship. So, you know, it, it really is about inviting God into our just ordinary moments of every day. And you know God does work in extraordinary ways. We'll have those great moments, but I think that sometimes the enemy seeks to discourage us and actually get us off track by just thinking that if we didn't have this incredible experience, we're a failure, um, and that can be a discouragement from doing it. But yeah. Yeah. you know, Cheryl, Cheryl, you were you were sharing some quote. Who was it? The, the, it's
2: Tim Keller. Yeah, Good there we go. old Good you know old, old what Tim Keller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have this in my. Oh please, I wrote down please some share thoughts. it. Um, yeah. So he was talking. I think it's in his book. <clears throat> excuse me, about prayer. And he's talking about how, like, sometimes you have to do something out of duty. Like, we are supposed to connect with our God through prayer. Sorry. (laughs) I'm getting over a cold. Um, We're supposed to connect with our God through prayer. And so um, we have to do it just out of duty. But when we get through the the duty, like, to the other side of that, that's where the delight is. Mm -hmm. And so you work hard at doing something. You know, that's where the word spiritual discipline comes from, that you work hard at doing something so that you can get to the part where it's like we've gone through the hard stuff. I figured out a little bit of how I connect with God in prayer and now I can actually delight in him and he can delight in me. He always delights in us, but we can experience that delight a little bit more. Um, I was also going to say something that I do that, I mean, this is not prescriptive at all, but um, I journal a lot. I feel like I have to journal every day or I feel like my head's all like clogged up and I can't get my thoughts out. So I do that in the morning. I, I read my Bible and then I journal and I, it's kind of a stream of consciousness. Just like I have to get these things down on paper and it helps me work out, you know, like if I'm angry at someone, it helps me work out why and what my part is in that. But also I, I write down, I journal prayers. And so I, um, I often will go back on the weekends and read through my journals and just note like prayers that I prayed because then it shows me when God answers. And so sometimes like I I go through my journal every week and I write down the prayers that I prayed and I write down whatever other themes, but, um, then sometimes in within the week, I'll be like, Oh wow, he already answered that, you know, like, or he's started to answer that. I've asked him about something and he started to answer that. Um, And then sometimes I go through the, all of those notes that I make at the end of the year as well. And I can see where he has answered prayers. And, and I love that because it, You know, if I pray just randomly while I'm, I mean, I do this too, but like when I pray randomly, I don't remember what I prayed for all the time. And so I don't track that. I don't write down requests. And then, um, it's really cool to be able to see God's hand in my life. And I think that helps me to want to do that more and to want to pray more and ask him for things and and pray boldly because he answers and, uh, it's cool to see journaling is one of my fave things to do. Yeah. So
1: that's like a a really how do you say it um the you have to get through the duty to get to the delight delight, and that's why i i think the word discipline is fitting like if you're Mm. going into it like realize that you're trying to build a discipline you're trying to build a routine It, it is nice to have a sense of like okay I did it. Like, we're not just doing it to check a box, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said of like, I'm trying to build a routine. And so you can kind of feel like you checked the box, like, I did it today. It's not, even if the goal was just something small, because, um, you know, uh, analogy I sometimes use is like, I go through seasons in life where I'm exercising and seasons in life when I'm not exercising. And when I'm not working out and it's not part of my life, it's the last thing I want to do. It's like there's no desire at all. And sometimes I'll just, like, push myself to do it. But if I get in that habit, then it's different. Then it's like if I don't exercise, I feel off. Like, I I need to do it. Mm -hmm. And so part of building that routine, building that discipline is, like, you get to a place where it's no longer, it doesn't take effort anymore. In fact, it's like you it's something you desire to do. So I, I really do encourage really trying to build um, that sense of discipline routines because that will bless you. Yeah. Um, but once more, I'm just speaking for myself here, for me, like so much more of the abiding that I experience in the sense of, the, the 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 ways that I connect with God so much more are through if I'm going to be honest it's through regular um hardships hmm. I mean that's hmm. when I go on prayer walks that's when I seek him is I always got troubles I don't know about you, but I s- suspect you do too you know I'm always going to him with. The troubles that i have mm-hmm. you know and that's when i always see him help always see him help uh, giving me the wisdom or the grace or the peace or what like he always comes through and that's often like the the biggest sense of like joy and relationship building and abiding that's where it comes from mm-hmm. so don't waste your. Don't waste your, hardships by not going to the Lord with them. Hmm. What's that's that old like? What's that old song like? That yes. uh, uh. Yeah. What uh? Like, oh,
0: what, what peace we often forfeit. Yes. Oh, what needless pains yes. we bear. Oh. All because we do not carry everything to God in
1: prayer. Yeah, that's, that's a good it. hymn. What what peace we often forfeit? It's like don't mm-hmm. waste it. Don't waste yeah. your hardships. Yeah. Especially
2: because it doesn't look perfect. Like that's not the that's not the goal. Just do it. It's messy. Just be messy before God.
0: Hmm. And it's opportunities to to experience the peace and comfort of remaining in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's a well, Jesus says it, right? Like he gives not as the world gives, right? Like he's he's giving us a peace that is his and we can have it because we're in him. Yep. And I would just encourage anybody who's uh, listening and doesn't feel like they have any of those rhythms that you should just start small, you know? It's very, very hard to build habits, and I think at the heart of it, what we want to do is we want to become aware of what already is. We want to become aware of God's loving presence in our lives. And we want to fill our minds with scripture. Just a little bit of scripture every day to start small is great. And then we want to just take times, times to open ourselves up to the Lord and just give him, like you're talking about, Charlie, give him our griefs, give him our troubles, um, and just invite him to come and speak into our hearts. And however that looks, if that looks like just waking up, reading a psalm and spending a little bit of time and crying out to God and just time in silence listening, like praise God, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that looks like just doing that on your lunch break, Uh I I I journal too from now on a time, from now and again, um, and I I find that really helpful to just write down my prayers. Sometimes yeah. that that can be wonderful. So, I mean, if you're not sure what to do, just ask Jesus, and he'll show you. Yeah, he'll show you. So uh, I I think that's really helpful for our discussion. We've we've outlined what it looks like to. Um, to remain on the day to day. I think that th- there is that distinction of you're remaining in Christ. To be in Christ is to have faith in Christ, to believe in him, to to, to be in union with him. Mm-hmm. To not be rooted in him is to actually be an unbeliever That that's being separated from him. But for those of us who are rooted in Christ, there are practices that we can do to to more fully take hold of that reality and to more deeply dwell in him um, and, and, and to just open ourselves up for him to uh, work in us is, is is that a fair description of what we've said so far
2: yeah, yeah
1: I do you know not to like wreck this whole thing but part of me wants to say that like the spiritual disciplines as important as they are I, I don't know if I would really want to include that as really the essential of what it means to abide hmm. um because the abiding is um you know as the father has loved me uh so i have loved you now abide in my love where it's really the abiding aspect is apart from me you can do nothing the abiding aspect is the resting hmm. you know it's the resting the spiritual disciplines are labor and they're important. But the abiding is like, if you don't abide, cut off, thrown out, burned, you know? Mm. And yeah. no, thank you for saying right. that
0: because I feel like that's the distinction I'm trying to get at, where yeah. it's like, if you're abiding in Christ or not, that's a distinction between the true christian or not yeah. that's not like i'm not good at my spiritual disciplines i guess i'm not in christ like right. that's yeah. not the case at all so yeah I, I think that you're saying that well because what i'm trying to get at is that these spiritual disciplines they're just supposed to be a help to keep us from wandering mm-hmm. but the fully wandering and not being in christ anymore that's just completely not trusting in christ anymore yeah right? mm-hmm. and the uh, that's it yeah.
2: Yeah, they're a means to, to an end. Like they help us to abide, yeah. but that's not the, right. the the point of what we're trying to say. Like, like if
0: somebody is like, Are you abiding in Christ? and you just give a list of spiritual disciplines, that's like that that's that's not what I'm asking. Yeah. You know, are you abiding in Christ? Are you trusting in Christ for your salvation? Right? Like and and you know, I feel unless there's anything else you guys want to say on this, I feel like it might be really helpful for us to talk about fruit. Because that's a that's a really big part of this passage. Should we get into the fruit?
1: Let's do it. Let's
0: get into the fruit. All right. So Jesus says in John fifteen five, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're going to look at uh, what that looks like. Well, we have looked at what that looks like in terms of day-to-day life. Um, but actually, no, we haven't. Because w- what is this fruit, really? Can we, Can we talk about what that fruit is? What is Jesus talking about when he says you'll produce fruit?
2: As we look at each other in silence. <laughs> well, I, need I need to, need to just start there's,
0: calling out and be like, Cheryl, you're on first, you know.
1: <laughs> what is fruit? that's an easy one It's supposed to be for a pastor i'm teeing it up so, so, it's so it's the f- fruit of the spirit love yeah. joy peace yeah. patience yeah. kindness goodness gentleness I self-control you like it's, that's an easy one for a pastor it's the 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 that's a trick question it's the character of jesus living through you it's yeah. yes. uh um it's it's righteous living it is lots of things but it's uh Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah.
0: So it's all of those things that will be produced in us by the Spirit indwelling us and God working in us and us being connected to Him. Yeah, that's right. Jesus also says in verse 6, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So someone could read this passage and say, I thought we were supposed to be saved by grace alone and not works, but this seems to say that this fruit is essential for salvation. How How is this passage not saying that we're saved by works? Well,
1: fruit is not a work. Mm-hmm. Fruit is, when you read uh, Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit is held in contrast... To works of the flesh Hmm. and that works of the flesh the whole the whole contrast is about the only thing flesh can produce is more flesh the only thing your works are going to produce even if you're striving to work for love joy peace patience kindness goodness generous blah 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 you know even if you're striving to work for those things The only thing your works will produce will be the flesh. Mm -hmm. So the fruit of the Spirit is not a work of you. It's a work of the Spirit. And it comes through accepting that your salvation is through him and not dependent on you and not dependent on works. It comes through resting. It comes through believing in his love. Not... it comes through believing in his love instead of believing I better get this fruit. Otherwise, I'm going to, you know, um, get cut off, you know.
2: Yep. Yeah, the command, like I said on Sunday, the command in that passage is not actually be more loving, be joyful, et cetera, et cetera. It's to walk in the spirit, to be in step with the spirit to and that that's part of abiding that the spirit lives in us and and points us to jesus and helps us right. to to know that we are loved by him and and feeds that identity in us and speaks that identity to us and then the fruit is a result of that
1: yep the, the galatians five where the fruit of the spirit you know and, and in galatians five he does say like um is it galatians five is like i i, I warn you it's like uh you know Basically, um, you know, if you live by the works of the flesh, you know, you will die. And if you read that by itself, it's really easy to 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 misunderstand and feel like salvation is really based on whether you have this type of life or that type of life. Um, but Galatians five is written after Galatians one through four, mm-hmm. and so he's really first defining all of that that's like the main point of the whole book is to show like you know uh like how did you receive the spirit was it through works of the flesh or was it by believing what you heard like having begun by the spirit that's the spirit is believing now are you going to try to be perfected through human effort Mm. like the it's like the whole, the whole. Like I'm tempted to just do a walkthrough of the whole first four <laughs> chapters, but that's, the, that's the big point. And so, like work. It's easy to hear like works of the flesh, all those bad things. Through the spirit, all the good things. It's really easy to see that in the terms of well, you know, you got your devil on one shoulder and you got the angel on the other shoulder, and one's saying do this, and the other saying do that, and you better listen to one, not listen to the other. Because otherwise, you know, you're going to go to hell, essentially. Like, it's really easy to see it through that realm. But that's not the message that's being proclaimed when you read the whole thing and you understand that he's very intentional, contrasting fruit of the Spirit with works of the flesh. Hmm. The fruit is what God does through you when you believe that you have salvation and you rest in him that that it is finished and all righteousness is accomplished and um and and you believe in that there's going to be a joy there and there's going to be a freedom you can like take a deep breath deep in your heart you can take a deep breath and you can say oh i have salvation it's all taken care of um and from that you know that's good news it's like oh love joy peace patience there's no reason to freak out about this or that like all those things are going to be a result then of that you know
2: well and it's it's thinking through like the implications of your salvation too because when you are saved you get jesus record as your own and so like i suck at loving people sometimes but jesus is great at it and i have that record as my own you know and so like i rest in that of course i should you know, walk in the spirit so that he can develop me to be more loving. But when I fail to love someone well, I still have Jesus record on as my own, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool and freeing, but also empowering to be like this. I need more of this.
0: Right on. So I feel I feel like you've both been addressing some of this, but I think it would just be helpful for you to answer um, perhaps to somebody who might be feeling nervous or afraid that they don't have this fruit. Um, what would you say to somebody who's looking at their life and is is concerned that maybe they're not in Christ because they don't see these things that they, they don't see that fruit um, and they're still struggling so much with sin and I mean you've been addressing it a bit, but if somebody were to ask you that question, what do I do? what would you say to them?
1: Well, I would say that you're feeling this struggle. You're feeling the struggle of realizing that you would like more fruit in your life. I think all Christians should feel that. So if uh, whether you're a Christian or not, I, 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 uh, I think that everyone should relate with that. You're feeling this struggle. You would like more fruit in your life. You have one of two options you have one option of to really work hard and try to get some fruit. And you can really do everything you can to get that fruit because you need that fruit. If you don't get that fruit, you're going to be cut off. You're, you're not going to go to heaven. You're going to be rejected by God. One of your options is to labor for fruit. Your other option is to believe that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Your one option is to work for it. Uh, Your other option is to believe the words that we read in so many different ways. Uh, Do not say in your heart, who will ascend or who will go down? I mean, this Romans 10 and what it's saying is like, don't say in your heart, how can this be accomplished? Um, but instead, uh, the truth is near you. Uh, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is your heart uh, with, that you uh, believe and are justified, and, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So you have one of two options. You can say, Man, I can work for it, I can do what I can, I can. I can meditate on the word, I can do all these spiritual disciplines in order to accomplish fruit. Some of those spiritual disciplines would probably be great to do, but they're not it's not about your salvation and becoming a Christian. You can work for it. And you can really you can really commit like I'm going to do it, I'm going to change, like that's one of your options and your other option is to stop that and to look to Jesus who is sufficient to save and to take a deep breath. And really the truth is the better you get at the second one, the better you get at taking that deep breath and trusting in the gospel, the simple John 3.16 gospel, the better you get at that, the more fruit is going to come. And the more that you strive and and worry and just keep focusing on your fruit like i talked about this last sunday i got my lemon tree and and it's years before the lemon tree is going to produce fruit and and it will i keep watering it and doing everything i can but it'll i i could stare at that lemon tree and i could just be like so frustrated like where's the fruit where's the fruit where's the fruit where's the fruit or i could just say it's a lemon tree (laughs) eventually it's gonna bear fruit because it's that's what lemon trees do give it water give it sunlight you know eventually of course it's going to you know so um, yeah it's a long answer
2: I think I would just say ask the spirit to work that in you that's Mm. what his job is (laughs) Um, I can't make myself love anyone more than I do and even God but the spirit can change my heart
0: that's really good friends You know, it's that, it's that coming back to that place of resting in the knowledge that our salvation is in Christ, that it's been accomplished and knowing that really trusting that he's faithful to fulfill his promises of, of changing and working in us. And that if we're rooted in Christ, like, I think that's a wonderful example of the lemon tree. It's like, it's a lemon tree. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. So we just need to focus on being true believers who, who, who trust in Jesus right? And then like, God's the only one who can change our hearts. You know, my good friend, Chris McHughie said to me a long time ago that, you know, sanctification is the work of the spirit, yep. you know, and it's, it's, it's not our work. All we can do really is just open ourselves up to that work and, 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 and more fully just, I think, rest and trust in Christ. And I, I think that's well said friends. Um, you know, I think uh, that's all that we have time for. I think we should wrap it up there. Thanks so much for this conversation. I uh, hope it was uh, edifying for you listeners. And I just want to leave you with this scripture from 1 Thessalonians five twenty three to 24. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So thanks for listening. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, just send us an email at ask at westviewmontreal.org. That's ask at westviewmontreal.org or uh, message us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. If you're watching on YouTube, just give us a quick like and a subscribe. And uh, if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, if you could give us a five-star review and um, five-star rating and a little review, uh, that would be super helpful. If you're listening on Spotify, just uh, give us a follow and hit the notification bell, then you won't miss any uh, any episodes coming up. Thanks so much. See you next time.